This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is brought to you by Fish Flight Entertainment. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart of the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Ronnie Firminger, and today, well, today I am deeply honored and really happy to welcome Gabrielle Rose and Camille Sullivan back to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Yeah, you heard right. I've got two remarkable, venerable, indomitable thespians in the YVR Screen Scene Podcast Zoom room today. They've got hundreds of memorable performances and dozens of award nominations between them. I once called Camille the face of heavy drama in Canada, and I called her that right to her face. Her lengthy filmography is populated by gritty, meaty, and gut-punching roles in critically acclaimed series like Intelligence, The Disappearance, and Unspeakable, and films like The Unseen, Victory Square, and Hunter Hunter. Now, where do you even start with Gabrielle Rose? Gabrielle Rose sits in the pantheon of Canadian acting legends, which I believe I also said to her face. Her impressive filmography features iconic fare like The Sweet Hereafter, Maudie, Robson Arms, and The X-Files. She's played all manner of emotions and character arcs in all manner of screen and stage projects. So yes, Camille and Gabrielle are each remarkable, venerable, indomitable thespians in their own rights. But today, we're going to talk about what happens when these two remarkable, venerable, indomitable thespians collide. Well, maybe not collide exactly, but collaborate as they did in two feature films, The Birdwatcher and Kingsway. I'll admit when I first watched them spar as a strange biological mother and daughter in The Birdwatcher, I sat up straighter in my seat and leaned into the screen. Their chemistry is undeniable. They're so different, but so well-matched. It's still unbelievable to me that we hadn't seen them collide in this way before, and it was a gift to see them creatively collide again in a very different kind of film, Kingsway, where they again played mother and daughter, but that's really where all similarities to the Birdwatcher begin and end. They like each other. They like to work together. We like to watch them work together. So... Who better to talk about the joys and challenges of collaboration in our ongoing hashtag industry BFF series than these two queens of drama? Gabrielle Rose, Camille Sullivan, welcome back to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Thank you. So Camille, what did you, what did you think of Gabrielle before you had the chance to actually get to know who she really is? Um, well, I mean, obviously, like everybody else, I'd seen a ton of her work, and I've seen how incredible her body of work is, and she's such a giving uh, actor, and you can see that just from, from watching. 
And then getting to work with her, I think, and I already knew she was funny too, because I've seen her do comedy, but I didn't realize how personally funny she is and how much we would just like laugh about dumb shit. You know what I mean? Like, and that really, especially when you're doing like dramas like that, it really makes it fun and gives you like, and in The Birdwatcher, it was sometimes that we were sharing a very tight space. So it's really important to get along with that person that you can spend so much time with. And then also still feel safe to go into doing the emotional stuff where it's like, you know, I can take a chance with you and I know that you'll, you know, you'll send the ball back to me. Yeah. Gabrielle, what about you? What did you know about Camille Sullivan, who I I called the face of heavy drama in Canada? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Camille is, uh, well, she's really well named. She is a chameleon. And, um, you know, in in the best sense of that word, word, in that she embodies every role that she is completely. And she has this evocative ability to, uh, well, she can make me cry like that, and she can make me laugh like this. And um, all of her work that I'd seen up until that point just upheld that belief. So when we went into the Birdwatcher together, I felt really confident that this, it was a low-budget indie. You know, we were shooting out at a, rain-drenched park and freezing cold in April this time of year mm-hmm. and um, and I, my trailer was the back of my husband's van <laughs> <laughs> your makeup place was your car I think <laughs> and we had a Winnebago that we shared with like four or five other people so it was it was pretty brass tacks pretty ground uh, grounded and um, we, it was a and while the Birdwatcher was a heavy discussion, obviously, a drama, it did have its lighter moments. And so I think we recognized in one another this, this wry sense of humor that um, we really can play off one another quite easily. And, yeah. and Camille really upholds, holds me up whenever I'm on, on screen with her. One of the things that can be great or hard about being on set is the hours are long. And like with the bird watcher or like with Kingsway, which is also not a huge budget, it's like you really have to work as a team just to get through so that it still remains fun. You know what I mean? Movie making is not always fun, but it really should be. And especially if you're making something that you're not making a lot of money on, then why are you there if it's not going to be fun? So I think that we... Like what I recognize in Gabrielle is a real love of the work and a real love of people. And so all that together makes for a really uh, collaborative and sort of joyful set experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that we're both Canadian and that we uh, we don't, neither of us have huge egos, I, I would say. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, maybe, maybe I don't think so. I don't think <laughs> we do. Um, and so we're, we were happy, for instance, to share a space. And um, on the Kingsway, for instance, I just finished a play. I remember this quite clearly. I just finished a play. And Camille would have had every right to be upset with me because I didn't have the time to really learn the script properly. So she would go through each scene until I got it. And then we would shoot it. And it was just, uh, it was so generous of her to to put up with me for those first two or three days because I literally finished the play on the sort of Saturday and we started shooting on the Sunday. And um, I had no time to, yeah. And the, and, the, and the play was so intense. Well, you came to see it, right? It was such an intense 
a full light of day. It was such a huge experience. <gasps> that was intense. Yeah. For me, going into Kingsway, it was a new experience because I don't do a lot of comedy. So I was pretty nervous going in. So I would take a lot of my cues from you, Gabrielle, like just sort of watch what you were doing and go like, okay, this is, this is how you're supposed to do this. Yeah. I mean, Bruce is a hilarious person, Bruce Sweeney, who directed it. And he's got a great sense of humor. And so he's open to lots of improv, et cetera, that you can do as long as you stick to sort of the basis of the script. And um, uh, and and I think we both really enjoyed that process. It was fun. And there were, there were times when we would just be walking along and there wouldn't actually be dialogue and we would just start yapping at each other, sort of snarking at one another slightly in that mother-daughter way. (laughs) I love that. I love, I will always be grateful to Bruce for casting you as the kind of the bickering mother and daughter. And also for, because I think it was when I was doing interviews uh, around that film that Camille said that one of the things that she would love to do in the future with you is a buddy cop film. And I'm like, that is just like, I have hung on to that. Like, I really (laughs) want that. I really want that to to happen um what are what are some of the things that that you have learned from each other working with each other on these projects and i'm going to ask gabrielle first because i've been throwing to camille for a each and every time <laughs> what have i learned <clears throat> well as i said camille's commitment to the to the real uh, intrinsic truth of the piece uh, resonates for me and um and that's a lesson that i've always had to learn and so when I'm in her presence, I, I know that, that we have to go to this very, very deep loin type place in order to um, exist in, in the film that we're doing together. And I would say that that's a, a great lesson that I've learned from her because that's just her, her basis, that she works from that, that um, deep inner truth. Yeah. I learned the truth from Camille. <laughs> Ooh, okay, we're getting the saucy details now in this episode. <laughs> What about you, Camille? What have you learned from Gabrielle? Um, I think one of the things I've learned, and lots of things, because obviously when you work with someone who's done so much work, who's so good, it's like you just learn things all the time about how to get better, how to be better. Um, But one of the things I learned from her, too, was humility. Because Mm. it's like, Gabrielle's such a nice person, and she's done so much work, and she has every right to be like, I'm Gabrielle Rose get out of my way you know what I mean but she's not even the least bit like that and I think then that's also why her work continues to be so good because it's still come it's never coming from a place of like I'm better than this or you know I need more time or I need more of this she just jumps in and does it and then I think for the most part lets it go I don't know if you agonize about it later maybe a little <laughs> only, only if I'm really bad, and then I'll agonize about it for years. <laughs> I should have done this. <laughs> now, what happens though, Camille? I'm going to throw to you this time. Okay. What happens if you you show up on on day one and you encounter somebody who who isn't the the picture of humility and grace? You know, like you you, you show up and you know you're dealing with a and you don't have to name names. We're not the kind of podcast, but you're dealing <laughs> with with a diva or you're dealing with a toxic personality. You still have to to shoot everything, you know, and and get you know, and, and get, get things on tape and then, and then, you know, move on. But, you know, you don't like it's not somebody who's very nice and it's not somebody who's nice to work with. What do you do in that situation? 
How, is this um, something that you've encountered? I'm assuming yeah, yes. You know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, luckily and thankfully, it's not that often. Like for the mm. most part, I find the people I work with to be very nice people. And even if we don't become like super buddies, it's always a nice collegial atmosphere. Mm. And I think you learn to figure out quickly what other people are like so that you're not stepping on their toes too much. Like if this person is very specifically needs their space right before we go, I try to give them that and mm. not enforce too much of my personality on them if I can. And then other times if someone really pisses me off, it's usually not an actor, it's usually a director. I'll just, <laughs> I'll go to that dark place where it's just like, we don't speak and I just give you, just shoot a glare at you for the rest of the time. <laughs> not healthy. My eyes open really big because I was just thinking of you at the end of Hunter Hunter. And I'm like, <laughs> don't want her looking at me that way. No way. <laughs> No glares from Camille. Thank you. No way. Yeah. What about you, Gabrielle? How do you work with people who are, or collaborate with people who are hard to work with? How do we work with those people? It's difficult. It's a very difficult part of my profession because I think that we, I was talking about this yesterday. You know, some people are attracted to this business because it gives them a sense of power. And it's just the wrong reason to go into this business. It's a non creative thrust and um those people are very very difficult sometimes they have something to offer right like in terms of talent or direction it is often a director or you know somebody not necessarily an actor we all actors tend to learn humility um, unless they stay leading actors for their entire careers which is not often in my experience anyway but yeah it, i think it's very important to stand up to them um to say i won't I can't accept this behavior. You don't want to humiliate them because that will make them worse. So you have to do that quite privately. And I guess the glare is a way of standing up to them. Um, and because that's sending the message, right? Like it is sending the message. And uh, uh, we are actors and we can em emote without words. I think it is getting less. I think that it is getting better. People are less tolerant of bullying, but I think the bullies of the world need to stand down. Mm. What do you think that it's been like in the wake of, you know, the Me Too and the Time's Up movement that, that pe people are standing up to bullies or? I do. I think that, yeah. that it has helped. I mean, in some ways, maybe it goes too far at times about little things, you know, that the, something little isn't, you can get rid of it. But when, if somebody is actually toxic and is hurting you or damaging somebody that you're, and you're complicit because you're watching it, it's very hard to know how to behave in that situation. I, uh, um, um, and I, I've been guilty of being one of those people who sort of lowers their eyes and doesn't do anything. But I've also been one of those people that goes, no, 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 we've got to stop this. Let's just have all have a break or, or, uh, and just take that person aside and say, can't, can't do this. Yeah. And, or I won't accept it. Or, you know, you, you somehow stop it. You've got to stop it. And, and I think for people who are in the midst of bullying, they don't necessarily want to be doing what they're doing. They're just kind of lost their minds or whatever. And that can be enough to remind them to stop. Yeah. What I find interesting is how much of, and maybe it's not even how much of acting, but how much of the business of being on set or the business of being part of a production or part of a stage, a, a stage production um, is about navigating 
relationships. You know, do you think in the in the training that we are having the right kind of conversations or early on in careers or, you know, even between agents and, and, you know, new clients that we're talking about things like how to deal with bullies or how to get along with people or, you know, or the toxicity, you know, that, that comes up. I mean, and this is not necessarily just about acting per se, you know, but it's, it's, there are so many people involved in, in productions, right? Camille, I'm going to throw this to you this time. Um, yeah, I don't think, like, when I was coming up, I don't, there was nothing in my training that in particular uh, prepared me for what it was like to be on set and what it was like to deal with personalities. I mean, I think it's just something you, you learn in, like, in any job, like, in an office job and anywhere, you're always dealing with personalities. So, um, I think, I think one of the things that could be taught more and isn't necessarily is, um, how to self-preservation for the long term like one job can be terrible but if you if you allow it in deep it can end your career because it will end you emotionally like if someone just relentlessly mean to you you don't feel good about the job you're doing whereas your career is not one job it's not one audition it's not one agent who you don't work for you know what i mean like there's a lot of power imbalance especially when actors are young and of Mm. course because you depend on someone else to give you jobs so you never want to be the problem you always want to be ready. Um, but I think it's good for people to know, too, that, like, I don't know, to, if this one doesn't work, so what? You know what I mean? There's another one. That's not, it's not, that doesn't define you and doesn't define your talent or your ability. Yeah. What do you think, Gabrielle? I think what Camille said was made a really good point there. Yeah. Um, I've said this before, too, that, that in film and TV, generally, as an actor, you're, unless you're playing the lead and you're number one, you're probably doing maybe four or five days on it, max. Or, and, and so your experience isn't going to last very long. So if it's a bad experience, it's it's not going to last very long. If you're in theater, however, that could be different, right? Because you're in, you're doing eight shows a week, and if the person is in the show, it could be relentless. And um, and I know that it exists in office where it, it, you know, if you look through the the wildlife, right? Bullying exists on in all animals. It's a, it's just it's actually a survival technique. So uh, I studied the eagles <laughs> for a few years, and um, you're an actual bird watcher. I'm you're an actual a bird, bird watcher. <laughs> I love it. Birdie was an actual bird watcher. <laughs> so there is a natural instinct to try and be top dog or to, to be the one that gets the most food, right? Like that's a survival instinct. And I think that there's just become civilization has sort of morphed that bullying into this toxic thing and um uh but as i said i think most people don't want to be yeah like most people are essentially quite kind and good and if they indulge in some bullying they probably feel terribly ashamed about it yeah, um, i hope so i, I hope, hope so, so. Yeah. yeah i mean i'm sure there's some people who just are psychopathic yeah <laughs> they don't have a conscience yeah. but most of us feel dreadful about the the missteps that we take in life yeah well, we've talked about the nature of, of bullying, but let's also talk about, about friendship and friendship in this business. Because I, I feel like standing on the outside, what, you know, I have so many friends who are actors and, you know, it, 
I love to watch my friends who are actors be friends with each other, support each other, you know, through auditions or hear about when they used to go and do in-person auditions, running into each other in the in the waiting rooms. You know, like what what do you think it it is the importance of friendships between actors, even if they're not working necessarily working together, you know, on a, a given production. You know, what 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 importance does it play? to be friends with other actors, you know, in your career? And how can you help each other? Gabrielle, let's start with you. Well, I, I love actors. I mean, I, my husband is an actor. Um, most of my friends are actors. Uh, I find them funny and well-informed and, um, you know, interesting. They've got lots of other interests because it's of necessity, because we're always doing research. So um, I have a lot of really good friends and I've had a, I've had a pretty good career. You know, I've, I've enjoyed my, as, I, as Camille said, I really enjoy my work and, um, uh, but your ego can get in the way as an actor for sure. And um, the thing is, is to try and get over it, get over yourself. And then it's easy to applaud your friends successes and commiserate when it goes awry. And um, yeah, friendship is, uh, I find pretty easy for me. I mean, I just enjoy, I just enjoy people's company. I love Camille and I don't know what else to say. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a good answer. I like an answer that ends with, I love Camille. (laughs) You have to let your answer in the same way, Camille. <laughs> no, no dice. I don't feel. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll never do tips with you again. <laughs> no, friendship's so important because I mean, outside of working, it's important because you can discuss issues that are unique to you. You know, you don't want to talk about it all the time, but it's a weird life. So it's kind of nice to have other people. Also, that you can call on like a Tuesday afternoon and be like, "What are you doing? Nothing." You know what I mean? Like most people have jobs that they have to go to. So it's like a different kind of lifestyle, which is great. And then on set, um, I like people. Like I like people a lot. I like being around people. I don't like being around them all the time. Mm. So on set is the perfect sort of amount for me to be with people and then go home and be like private. because I, I that's just how I am. But the, the onset times are always, and if you can laugh in between, you're going to stay looser. Like, mm-hmm. I always think of actors on set as kind of like, they're kind of like children. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in a good way. Like, you have to stay loose and enjoying yourself and creative, because if you get tight, your work's not going to be as, as good, you know? It's mm-hmm. like you're waiting, and all that time you're waiting while they set up the lights. You can't just get rigid because you only get one or two shots to do it so you've got to be if you're laughing if you're enjoying if you're connected with the other people you're working with it's going to translate into the scene yeah what about competition you know you're you are but you're in an industry where you are constantly i mean even if you're like i'm here for the work and it's for the rules like you are quote unquote up against people you know for up against your friends, you know, for roles. Like, how, how do you, one, is there a way that you can use that to your advantage as an actor? And two, like, how do you keep that from, like, corroding your friendships? You know, like, I, I just, I, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm not in a job where I have to go to all these, you know, job interviews all the time where I'm seeing my friends in the, in the waiting rooms and then we're going to go out and hang out after. Like, it's, that's got to, like, does that take a toll at all on friendships with other actors? 
Um, no, it doesn't, you know, one of the things I think it's important for people to realize actors is that while it's set up as a competitive vibe, just because the nature of auditioning and there's only one role and blah, 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 um, that we're not interchangeable. And so a lot of times when I see someone else that I know who got it, who's like a great actor, I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's a better, that's a better choice here. You know what I mean? And I'm happy for them too, because I want us all of the people I know to succeed and there's enough work for that to happen. So you don't need to see the same person in every role and everyone is so unique and different that I wouldn't do it the same way that somebody else would do it. So that's just not what they're looking for here. Yeah. What about you, Gabrielle? Competition? Yeah, yeah ditto. And I'm, I, 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 uh, I don't know what it would be like if I say I'd been out of work for nine months and watched all my friends get everything, but, um, but I get my fair share and I don't need more. And, um, and what I love when I see a friend get a job is I go, yes, they're going to pay their rent. I don't have to worry about them. Yay. You know, I mean, like this is, you just have to celebrate it for what it is, which is it's, they're being supported. And that's very, very important to me as a friend of theirs, that they, I see them feed themselves yeah. on that basic level. Okay, so how do you support each other then when you're not working together? I, and I, I say that as somebody who knows, I know you went for a walk recently yeah. <laughs> when, when you were kind of ships passing in the night up in Prince Rupert, you know. So, I mean, you're, you're in touch with each other even when you're not necessarily working together, right? So how, how do you support each other? Um, me first? Um, you know, well, yeah, we're friends outside of working. We became friends uh, over a little while, and, and we do go for walks a lot and do, like, sort of long walks where we talk about all kinds of things and kind of joke around about whatever. Um, and, you know, sometimes then we'll do, like, I don't know, sometimes we do bits, like, between the two of us when we're we out walking. We do bits? Well, like, you know, the joking around turns into a little more of a theatrical sort of imagining you know, so it's, it's, it's fun to sort of jump in and out of that a little bit. Um, and then the supporting is also just like, there's so many things that go along with being an actor. Like you gotta go, not got to, you get to where you got to, depending how you feel about it, go to these events. And like, it's when I see like Gabrielle there, I was like, what a relief, you know what I mean? Like, so that to me is a huge amount of support. Just like, oh, someone I know, someone I like, someone I feel comfortable with. And like, you know, she supports me that way for sure. I just can imagine though, somebody coming across the two of you on a trail and you're in the middle of a bit, you know, (laughs) (laughs) what a gift that would be or else terrifying, depending on the nature nature of the bit. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll often pitch each other ideas, you know, that we don't necessarily follow through on, but, but it keeps our brains going. And uh, Camille, am I allowed to say this? You, she wrote a, you wrote something and I went and did a reading with her. Like we did a reading (gasps) for it. And uh, yeah, you know, and uh, so we're, and when we were promoting Kingsway uh, at TIFF, was it TIFF or? It was TIFF. It was TIFF. Yeah. And we went and we, we stayed together and, um, we had a blast. <laughs> you know, we just had a. I got to see the world through her eyes, and she got to see the world through my eyes. It was really eye-opening. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. That was really fun. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 I think we were both braver because we were both 
together, you know? So we could just tromp through Toronto. We kind of owned it. (laughs) Okay, so I I know I I want my buddy comedy, my buddy cop comedy between the two of you, but now I want to see like tromping with, (laughs) tromping through the wild and tromping through Toronto and tromping through various cosmopolitan places with Camille and Gabrielle. That's that's the show that I... I want to see. That's the thing about Camille is I love to walk. That's one of my exercises and she, that's what she likes to do too. So that's a a way that we really relate. We also don't mind the odd, the odd cocktail. (laughs) Yes. That that speaks to theirs. I I don't mind an odd cocktail or cocktails make me odd as they often do. Uh, When we used to go to events, because there has not been events to go to Camille for quite yeah, some time. True. That's true. It's been long enough that I'm like craving going to an event. Which is, that's yeah. Not my you just need one event to make you be like, okay, and done. And I'm done. Okay. I'm going to put you both on the spot here, which is kind of my job. Um, and I'm going to start with Gabrielle. Okay. What is something that you haven't told Camille about either how you feel about her work or about the influence that she's had on you. Okay, you are putting me on the spot. Um, what is something that I haven't told Camille yeah. about her work? I was in awe of you, Camille, when you were doing that welding on Kingsway. Because that terrified me. <laughs> I was so frightened. You yeah, actually welded. You she actually welded. She had this flame. I think she had this flame and she was just so brave. And I would have been like, I need a mask. I need this. I need that. Like, what are you doing? This is, you're going to light the house on fire. And she just went. <laughs> there you go. Fearless. <laughs> I mean, I know you want something like really scarless. Like, I don't know. If, but, no, but, no, no. I just, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, honestly, I just, I just, uh, just wanted to watch the, the, the kind of stuff that you tromp together, you know, but yeah. we don't always, you know, in our, in our friendships, uh, even in our family relationships, you know, say, say how people impact us, you know, and, and the ways that they, that they touch us. So that was really what I, I mean, I, I didn't know what I was looking for, but you gave it to me anyways. <laughs> what about you, Camille? Um, I'm going to give a similar kind of answer because that is, that's a tough question. And I'm not someone to speak in a flowery way about other people because it makes me uncomfortable. So <laughs> You both looked uncomfortable. I like it. I like it. It's what I live for, apparently. <laughs> but it also in Kingsway, I do remember uh, Gabrielle doing a few things that, that I really noticed too. And they'll seem so silly, like nothing, but they stuck with me. Like we're doing a scene where we're talking with Jeff on the phone when he's like outside of the hotel and he's like, I think my wife is cheating on me. Um, and you had, you brought out this cheese board and you like, had this cheese board out with all this cheese on it. And you're really working the cheese. And like, it was all your idea. It was so funny. Same with like, you did a scene where you were on the phone with somebody else and you were eating like ice cream and then you put like cookies on it. And it was like this gigantic, bowl of just like a huge bowl of ice cream just just going nuts on it (laughs) and i don't think that was on screen i think it never made it on screen so nobody knew what i was doing (laughs) 
I love that you're watching each other. I think that is that is just terrific. And uh, thank you for indulging me in that in that question. I know it it uh, kind of put you on the spot uh, <laughs> spot there. Okay, so when do we are we going to get to see the two of you in anything else in in the near future? Because I'm. I mean, I love watching the two of you on my Zoom screen right now, but, you know, it's not enough. It's well, not we're enough. supposed to be mother and daughter. We're supposed to be mother and daughter on the next Bruce Sweeney film. And he had it written, but now he's rewriting it. Mm. Um, uh, we, were, we were going to shoot it two years ago in March, I believe, when we got shut down. And, and it just went sideways because of the pandemic. Um, and then he has rethought it and is rewriting it, I think, for the better. But hopefully that will happen later on this year. Camille is really busy, so we'll see. Well, I mean, for now, but then who knows? By, by you know, in a month or two. Yeah. <laughs> nothing. Exactly. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Unemployment is, rears its head around every corner. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. That... <laughs> question right out of my head. <laughs> oh, that's okay. But it's true, right? It is something that actors that actors live with, you know, especially right now, right? But that kind of the the yeah. turbulent, tumultuous nature. Is there anything that, that you're seeing that, you know, as actors and in and interpersonal relationships among actors that we have lost? you know, during this age of COVID, you know, when we aren't going to events, when casting, you know, the waiting rooms for casting rooms, they're no longer exist in the same way. You know, have you noticed anything has changed in your relationships with other actors? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been devastating for the theater community. Mm. Um, theater is back up and running, but you know, it, it has to limp along with everybody in masks and all the rest of it. And, uh, uh, I actually saw a production of Coriolanus, which was wonderful out at UBC, but all the, they all had to wear their masks because they were at the Chan Center, and I guess that was a mandate or something. So it was a very difficult exercise for young actors to be doing Shakespeare in masks. I mean, um, I, and I, then I went and saw that wonderful play with Vince Gale over in, at the Belfry. So that was my first real experience of theater where they didn't wear masks. Yeah. Um, wonderful to go back to the theater, but uh, I think theater actors, unless they were doing film and TV, were out of work for two years, which is awful, like awful. Yeah. Was that the question? <laughs> no, it wasn't. But it's <laughs> but it's absolutely but it's true because it, I mean it speaks to the, the ways that you know our our the way that we take in art has changed. You know, our community has changed. Like I'm just my my concern is that we're not going to be able to get back to where we were, which was a, you know, a, a very tight knit entertainment community, film and TV and theater community, you know, like that's the, that's my concern, but I guess it's also just a, a wait and, and see, you know, because we are definitely in a time of uh, transition right now. I say this as somebody who has been sitting here with COVID the entire time we've been talking, they didn't leave me at all. What about you, Camille? What have you seen as far as relationships with other actors has changed during this time? Um, one of the things I really missed and I, I feel is up at the hole is, is, is film festivals, like we're talking mm -hmm. about. Because film festivals are a great opportunity, not just to get your film seen by a lot of people, although there's that, but also to meet other people uh, creating projects and working on things and, you know, discuss with them, like, what kind of difficulties they had in getting their film made or, you know, or if you're younger, just, like, meeting people, uh, other people in the business. Because I've always, like, film festivals are 
I really do enjoy. And also you get to go see a lot of the movies and you're going to see movies with other like-minded people who love movies. So I really miss that because Hunter Hunter was supposed to, was supposed mm. to come out. So it, you know, it didn't get to do any of the film festivals because of the pandemic. And that was kind of a, that was kind of a bummer, but it, you know, that is working its way back and that'll be back in full force soon. I hope. Yeah, it will. I believe I, I will say that decisively here. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to bring film festivals back. We will bring the, the cinema experience back. Thank you both for spending this time with me today in this kind of experiment of an episode, you know, to, to put two of our, wait, what did, I, what did I call you? Two of the queens of drama uh, in the hot seat to talk about what you like about each other. Um, Gabrielle Rose, Camille Sullivan, where can people find you, follow you, celebrate you on social media? I will start with you first, Camille. Uh, okay, so I'm on Twitter at Camille Sully. Uh, I have a Facebook page, but I never look at it, so don't go there. I'm on Instagram <laughs> at Sullivan.Camille. And uh, the movie that we just did is called The Island Between Tides. That'll come out next year, I guess. I also did one called Exile, which will come out hopefully in the film festivals this season. Yes. Uh, and I feel like there's another thing. Oh, yeah, but I can't say yet. Okay, that's it. Okay, well then, but visit all those social media handles to find out that the thing that Camille couldn't say, when she's able to say it, and also hopefully the thing that she wrote that Gabrielle said that she read for. All right, Gabrielle, where can people follow you? Well, you know, I'm trying to remember my handles and I don't remember them. Isn't okay. that terrible? But I'm on Twitter. I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram, but I, I rarely go on either. So just to understand that... Um, I might, I might, I might lurk on Twitter every so often just to see what the furor is about. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, and I will, I will have links to Gabrielle's handles uh, in the footnotes for this episode. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Yes, your your handles exactly. Shatter, she put her hands up like that. Wait, I just said like that. No one can see that. We're an audio podcast. Anyway, she had her hands up. Thank you, everybody. Please like, subscribe, leave us a review if you are so inclined. They help us find even more listeners and then we get to keep having really cool contemplative conversations like the one we had today. You can find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVRScreenScene. The YVR Screen Scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Ronnie Mara Firminger. I am the only one to blame. And it is edited by Simon Firminger. Special thanks to Mariana Firminger for recording our Patreon ad, to Paul Firminger for technical support, and to Dane, not Firminger Devlet, for the original music. YVR Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut. This ad begins with a story about an important but largely forgotten piece of Hollywood North history, the fish flight. In the 1980s, the fish flight was an early morning flight from Vancouver that delivered fresh fish to Los Angeles before the start of the business day. These were the early days of Hollywood North before digital deliveries and fast transfer speeds, and the pioneers of the Vancouver film industry began loading up the fish flight with film reels so Hollywood execs could review the footage shot on the previous day. The fish flight was also one of the building blocks of the visual effects and animation mecca that is present-day Vancouver. And Fish Flight Entertainment builds on this legacy. 
Fishflight Entertainment serves the games, film, and television industries. We remember the days of the Fishflight and attack our projects with the same passion as those pioneering days of yore. We believe in jumping off the cliff and building our wings on the way down. And who knows? That old fish with improvised wings may even fly. Learn more about Fishflight Entertainment at fishflightentertainment.com. That's fishflightentertainment.com.